Hello and welcome to Take Your Time, a Persona 5 Royal in real time podcast where even there's not many things happen in Persona 5, we're still going to play it in real time even though it's a little bit silly because it's fun to do and that's what we promised all those months ago. Hello everyone, <laughs> I'm Jonathan Dormush and I'm joined as always by my co-host Tom Marks. Hello! Hello, as we continue our playthrough through Persona 5 Royal. Though, as we said last week, this is a little bit of a funky time for the playthrough if you are trying to play through week by week. Of course, we're sort of in the, like, endgame cutscene bonanza that you get, the the denouement of the entire Persona 5 Royal story after 100 plus, perhaps 200 plus hours. So, uh, you know, as we said last week, I think first recommendation is don't feel the need to play the way we're playing these next few weeks. Watch the ending when you want to watch the ending. We don't want to hold you up from that sort of catharsis that comes with it all together. Um, but that said, we're going to be talking specifically about two days of the calendar this week that come up in the game. February 14th and February 15th, a.k.a. Uh, Valentine's Day and another day where it's sort of Valentine's Day again, but we'll get into that because um, everyone gives you chocolate. But, but before we get there, we do have a bit of... Uh, housekeeping and such to do, not related, of course, to the TV show House. Uh, and Tom, why don't we start with an answer to last week's pop quiz question? Yes, so this was my um, last-minute pivot pop quiz question, uh, which was... Right, I, asked, I messed you up, right. Yes, right, yeah. Sai, so Sai says that uh, she's going to get a new job, <laughs> basically, and uh, when she's talking to you in the prison last week, so I said, what? size new job jonathan you might have already seen comments i saw a lot of comments before i i was thinking okay. it was a different line of of legal practice i think mm. at the end of the day was sort of where i went um yeah. but yeah there were quite correct. a few people who got it right yeah yeah um this this dialogue is very funny to me because sai is like you could even say you taught me how to live which is like such a like aren't you like how old are you <laughs> <laughs> it's because Never quite made clear <laughs> they can't say you taught me how to love because you can't romance Sai. So ah, there yeah. you go. Um, so Sai's new job, as uh, CC Mac and Thomas both got were uh, correct in the YouTube comments, was uh, she's going to go become a defense lawyer because she wants to help people now rather than ruthlessly pursue prosecutions. I suppose is I I don't like fully know what the like the moral implications of what they're saying there are but yeah. it is nice that Sai has this character arc of realizing that just convicting people is not always what she wants to be doing she wants to be helping people and she's come around and you've changed her heart even though you didn't literally change her heart yeah uh, I guess yeah I, I don't know the full extent of, like, the legal system and what sort of morally does and doesn't work in, in Japan versus America. Obviously, there are, like, different legal shows about U.S. law and the different types of attorneys that do things. And usually some are, are, are presented as the bad guys and some are not. But, yeah, that's kind of the extent but, to law for me. But it also, like, changes a lot, even in, like, media that you see, right? Sometimes the defense lawyer is, like, the weaselly person defending criminals and getting them off from murder. And other yeah. times the defense lawyer is like the pro bono person saving the day and helping the defenseless people and so it's it's like i, I appreciate the journey sai has gone on here and i yeah. appreciate what this means to her personally and her sort of growth but it also yeah it's not like a black and white sort of like this is the objectively morally better thing for her to be doing necessarily yeah i guess like not helping potential cover-ups on the side of the police and government <laughs> is probably yes 
not yeah. doing that is better. But, After the yeah. stuff she's seen, yeah, it's probably layer is, is maybe a step up. It's not difficult, I think, to be a little more morally just than that. Right. Um, also, just for reference, last week I did see a few comments about it. I was mostly joking at it when we were talking about how. Uh, after all of this, uh, it was Oya who was able to get a, a witness to talk to you. And I was just, I was joking about how like, well, they probably should have been better lawyers and gotten them to start, uh, you know, get them talking from the beginning. I know that like Shida was threatening them. I know he held a huge amount of power. It was just more of a funny thing that it was like, Oya, of course, was the one who did it when these like really good people at their jobs weren't even able to like help, like push them past the worry that Shida would hurt them. And I think it like also shows you know, throughout the game, just how much Shido, his power reigned through over everything. Yeah, totally. Um, other than that, though, we did have a few comments and questions, um, including one. Tom, did you want to read this one or do you want me to read it? Um, uh, I can one. read it. I just, I'll read it. You had picked it out, so I didn't know if you wanted to. Yeah, I'll read it. So okay. this was a comment from the X Downpour on YouTube, which I thought was really interesting because last week we were talking about uh, the end and how it sort of inserts itself into the base game's end. Uh, and how I wasn't, like, totally a fan of that, but also did like the stuff that was inserted. Um, and we sort of put it out there of, like, what would this be like if you were only playing, if you'd only played Royal, if you didn't know how the base game was supposed to go? And the X Downpour is one of those people. And so they commented and said, I've never actually played base Persona 5, just P5 Royal. I honestly think without Maruki's story and the third semester, the story would end on an unsatisfying note for me. Which is weird to say, considering, like Tom pointed out, a heck of a lot of happens where the original, original game ends. But personally, I was let down by Shido's arc. Which is a really interesting point. I think this is a very interesting take. Um, he was the least interesting palace ruler for me after Kaneshiro. His story relied on his connection to prior events and the shock factor of him being the mastermind behind it all. Yaldabaoth was pretty awesome, especially as I didn't know where the standard Persona ending was like and or the twist about Igor. Uh, but they both felt like standard fare for a video game ending, just very well executed standard fare. I think that's totally a fair point, right? Like, I, th- I think that is a completely valid stance to have and, and, and take. And obviously, you know, uh, everyone's opinion and interpretation of this stuff, nobody's is invalid necessarily. For sure. I um, think just to like cut in there with the, the Shido stuff, I, I totally get where he's coming from because I do think there have been times where like, they, they obviously seed Shido into your story a little bit earlier, not just with, you know, the original Joker moment, but running into him at the buffet and, and, you know, a moment or here or there like that. But he doesn't have that the like full understanding of his connection doesn't really come until that palace and, and everything there. Whereas like you do now have a lot of through fare with Maruki throughout the story. Like you do get a lot more time with Maruki than you do with Shido. What what I will say, and I don't, again, not invalidating this point at all because I think it's completely valid. Um, What I will say is I think that Shido being a letdown is partially intentional mm-hmm. like i think that i think that there is a point part of she, like this build up towards shido and then she you beat shido and nothing is better is like yeah. part of the point of like the problem is not with one face like named villain sure. the problem is with the attitude of society as a whole yeah and i think that that is a little bit intentional but i do also completely agree that they are you know, pretty standard video game villain in yeah. contrast to Maruki, who is very, very interesting as a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, and X Downpour continues and says, Maruki, on the other hand, 
other hand, delivers a truly unique villain, not just for Persona, but most games in general. Totally agree with that. Sympathetic villains have been done many times before, but I don't know of many where I can say I genuinely like them as a person and think that their core, at their core, they're a great person who I wish was half as thoughtful and caring. Uh... Oh, who I wish I was half as thoughtful and caring as. Usually it's a person with a tragic backstory doing an obviously harmful thing, but with sympathetic reasons. Uh, I do agree it could have been integrated throughout the game better, but honestly, it's kind of shocking they were able to integrate it into the base game at all when I feel like most games wouldn't even attempt something like that. It would be so easy to screw up. I think that's all totally fair, right? And, And something we talked about explicitly last week, right, is like what they've done here is impressive yeah. for sure. And even though I think that there are ways that they could have done it better or ways that it did harm other parts of the game, the way that they did it is very, very good still. It's it's hard to imagine without fundamentally just redeveloping the game, being able to yeah. integrate it in much of a better way. That doesn't mean yeah. it can't have problems, but it still is like, I th- like, we can both agree that it is incredibly impressive what they did, but also there may be some better ways, but with the caveat that like, to do that, you probably would need to fundamentally redesign parts of the game or redevelop entire things, which is... Or, and and I think that's why most people, most game developers just go with the, you know, uh, what is it, Final Fantasy VII Remake intergrade route, where yeah. it's just like, oh, this is just a different thing that you just like, it's just an expansion that is separate, right? Yeah. And it adds some story and adds some context to the story. It teaches you things you didn't know before, but also it is fundamentally separate, yeah. I mean, it's funny because, like, side stories, I guess expansions like that in DLC has become somewhat rarer and, and somewhat transformed. Like, obviously, The Witcher got a few big ones that, that got integrated in, yeah. but something like Horizon also has a big expansion, but it's kind of like, oh, there's a new area to the north you didn't know about, and you can just yeah. go there. But, like, for a linear RPG like this, where it's kind of like you were on a set path, it's harder to be like, oh yeah, and then we threw an area in for you to go explore. Um, so it makes right. sense based on the like construction of this game, I think. Yeah, but yeah. A- anyway, I-, I thank you, Extempore, for that um, that sort of perspective from somebody who hadn't played the base game, because I think it's really interesting that it worked really well for you, and it, it you know, it was a more satisfying ending where I saw it as like, a dilution of the original that I knew you saw it as just a kind of build, a continuing buildup is really, it's, yeah. it's a great perspective to have. No, absolutely. Thank you for writing in with all those thoughts. Cause yeah, as we, as we said, we wanted that perspective and I think it, it totally, absolutely makes sense where you're coming from on it. Um, further on the comments, we also have another one from Mitch who said, great episode. I remember Tom saying previously, he likes the new characters from strikers more, which I would love to hear him talk about why at some point, personally, I love the Royal characters way more. But that's because I didn't like the yo-yo character in Strikers being vague for spoilers in case. I don't know who that is, so hopefully that's not a spoiler to anyone else. I it's, assume... Uh, I, I appreciate the um, delicacy here from Mitch, but also it is a spoiler you will learn in the first, like, two hours of the game. Like, I okay. think you learned okay. it in the demo of the game. Even. Oh, then maybe so I did and I just don't remember. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so it's not a huge, huge thing or anything. Okay, Um okay. Yeah, we're, we'll talk about this more. I think we have some plans that we're going to share in the next couple weeks in terms of striker stuff. And, like, um, you'll definitely have me... an opp- I'll have an opportunity to talk about this more. Um, but, yeah, I definitely full-heartedly liked the two characters in Strikers more than the basically two characters in, uh, in Royal. 
And I think fundamentally the reasoning and I'll, I'll, I can, what I can say without getting into spoilers is some similar to what we talked about last week in that I liked Maruki. I like Sumire, but like they feel very much like to a certain extent props to be used in a specific way in that game um, where their arcs are very sort of like scheduled and made a big deal out of and also they're held very very to like the end to like get all of the really important stuff for them doesn't happen until very late and in strikers they are just full characters that are there from the very beginning they're written that's the benefit of writing them in from the the, you know start of the story and knowing where they're going and knowing where everything is going is that they can just be fully integrated and their arcs can be more interesting basically Mm -hmm. um I'll avoid spoilers for now, but like, yeah, yeah I, I think that just basically they are, f- they feel more fully fleshed and and just interesting to me generally. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to get there and, and talk about it and find out whether or not you're crazy. But yeah, uh, yeah I might I'm, be. I mean, I, I totally own up if people don't, <laughs> if some people like Samira and Mariki. No, Mark. I, I'm I'm very excited to talk about that eventually. And yeah, like you said, I think. We'll, we'll probably discuss things more as we get down to the last couple episodes, but we do want to cover Strikers and do yeah. want to do that. I would say we are definitely thinking about the show in general in the future, but do, do you want to say, I guess, like the immediate, like, don't expect thing, I guess? Oh, yeah. To not sure. set people's ex- expectations. We, we are definitely looking at sort of like finishing up Persona 5 Royal and taking a bit of a break after that. Um, yeah, the, there was lots of to do, even by us, about how... Uh, P4 Golden's calendar starts like two, like a week after or two it's, weeks after P5 it's so Mars. Perfect. Yeah, and it's it, on it's really time lines this up year, nicely. I think. Yeah, it is. It is. It line the dates line up this year. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot going on that we don't feel like we're able to just jump right into another giant JRPG podcast. Basically, yeah, we've got more planned, but it's definitely like. Don't expect another full year right away, <laughs> yeah, basically. And, and never say never. Like, we... Sure. It's obviously something we would love to do because I think we both want to play Golden very much. But yeah, it's sort yeah. of a, like, life and the reality of things of jumping right into it is just going to be too much of a struggle. But we will we will have some fun stuff, I think, going forward, even if it isn't directly Persona 4 Golden. Um, but yeah, just don't, don't prep to start that just yet. And hopefully, maybe by the time we do, it will be on consoles as well. But... Um, right. I, you know, fun thing, it's like we got used to doing a weird calendar shift with Persona 5 this year. So, you know, we could do that with Persona 4. We're used to yeah, it. Yeah, let's just be the opposite shift. Exactly. Uh, it'll line up in like seven years. It'll be perfect for everyone. Uh, anyway, <laughs> other than that, just wanted to quickly uh, read an email as well that we got into Dornology at gmail.com, which you can write into if you have thoughts. Uh, this is Marco who wrote in, uh, who probably won't be hearing this for a few weeks or months. Uh, But Marco wrote in and said, my first JRPG uh, and said, hey, guys, I started playing Persona 5 because my friend won our video game fantasy league. And the consequence was to play Persona 5. I'd never played a JRPG before, so I was apprehensive. But 50 hours in, I can safely say I'm loving it as I heard or excuse me. I heard about the podcast through Kind of Funny. Shout out to those boys and, and, and gals, and thank you for, for the shout outs. And I've been really enjoying having it as a companion piece to my first playthrough. For context, I'm now entering Okumura's Palace the same week as Horizon Forbidden West and Elden Ring come out. So while my progress may slow down a bit, I'm confident I'll see Persona through to the end because of this podcast, which we very much appreciate. 
Uh, now for my question comment, I feel like there's not many flaws to this game, but one of my main complaints is that your individual relationship statuses or confidant ranks are not reflected within the group as a whole. For instance, I maxed out Ahn's confidant very early and romanced her, but it's never acknowledged by the group. And even worse, Ryuji, Morgana, and Yusuke act totally inappropriate towards her despite being my friends. At one point when the group is coaxing Futaba out of her shell, someone, I think Ryuji, even says it's not like any of us are in a relationship, even though Ahn and Joker are right there. I realize this would be a lot more complicated to integrate from a game design standpoint, but I feel like they could have at least removed a few lines of dialogue to create less narrative dissonance. So my question is, did either of you experience this in your playthroughs? And if so, uh, what were the examples and did it bother you? Again, loving the show. Hope to hear your responses in the future when I get caught up all the way, Marco. Uh, and Marco, thank you for writing in. I ho hope you eventually catch up and, and hello again. But um, I understand where you're going, coming from very much because I have had those moments of disconnect in the game. But I also feel like you answered your question a little bit in there in terms of just like it was probably a complexity on a game design level and a budgeting and a time thing because if they... I guess they could, maybe the easiest solution is to remove a couple lines of dialogue here or there, but if you wanted more like, oh, you're in a relationship, so there's going to be different dialogue here, or, oh, you're at rank 10 with Ryuji, so Ryuji's going to act a little bit differently to you here, means more voice acting, more translation time into a bunch of different languages, more making sure those scenes don't break, depending on what path people have taken. I, like... I'm, I'm speaking very broadly because I have not designed a game like this, but I imagine those things are probably some of the biggest stopping points. But I agree with you. It would have been nice for those moments to exist. Well, the funny thing is the, the relationship thing with Ryuji, like it, technically you never really like disclose <laughs> to anybody that you're in a relationship with anybody. And you That's can true. even see that where they do have that moment. Uh, I guess probably... The person writing in, if, excuse me, I forget their name, Mel, already because I am an empty vessel. Marco, um, how dare you? Marco uh, probably isn't at this point yet in, in their playthrough, um, but there is that moment in the cafe where somebody is like, would you want to get married one day? And if you're dating someone, you're the person you're dating gets a little sweat drop You do thing. get that, yeah. And so they do a little bit of that. And also in that moment, you know, it is sort of like you're keeping your relationship under the table a little bit is the implication. That's true. Yeah. Um, so I think there's a little bit of that stuff, but it is also true that like the game doesn't track where you are with anybody. Yeah. Right. That, that's the, the greatest example. And he was asking for examples of, or they were asking for examples of how this affected us if it did. Uh, and we've brought it up a million times <laughs> is Mishima, right? Yeah. Mishima, you can constantly ghost him because who knows how far along that relationship path you are. So it has yeah. to plan for those eventualities and it is absolutely weird and awkward at times. But yeah, I, I think that they definitely could have done more than that, but probably the amount of dialogue already in this game should not be underestimated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, I think that is one of the biggest things is like the time it takes to translate this entire script both written oh, yeah. and voiced, and then to have voice actors in multiple languages record that stuff. Um, it's nuts. There's so much dialogue in yeah, this game. And, and that's actually a really big thing of, of game design that I think doesn't get talked about as much, but can be such a big sticking point as like just the literal scripts and things. And, and often we, we actually at work published a couple pieces about this, but like where that stuff even comes in the game development can matter a lot because some studios prioritize it and some don't. And so it's like some 
I think a lot of places are getting better about it, but someone just like, well, that's the story we wrote and recorded. So we have to stick to that. And Mm -hmm. then like, so maybe someone had, would have thought of this idea mid game design, but they didn't want to have to change it because they already recorded a hundred hours of dialogue between people. Um, yeah, there's stories, right, of of developers in, in more linear games designing a scene on a plane where your character is fighting somebody on a plane and then suddenly they had to cut a level where no you no longer need to be on a plane, but you have all these things written and recorded, so, like, how do you smooth out the fact that, like, how, yeah. how do you reuse that stuff? Yeah, and, and I imagine that this game is just an incredibly complex puzzle of voice lines that, you know, we talk already about like how impressive it is, how they've integrated the third semester stuff. And I think probably we talk also about how they could have done it better, but I think even again, what they did is probably an astronomical feat on its own. Yeah. It's, it's a really interesting, like, complex problem that you bring up marco and so i do appreciate it because it's absolutely something i've thought about like oh it would be so cool if especially in the group maybe if you were at rank 10 with ryuji but not with everyone else he would you know speak up more in conversation or you'd have a slightly different dialogue option and maybe that's something they can do in persona 6 who like obviously we have no idea what the status of that game is other than probably it's being worked on but um yeah it it's something that i think would make those relationships more satisfying to the player if you tried to only max out some or, or you know really focus on some in your playthrough but yeah it's it i think it probably just comes down to like a time and budget thing sure but uh i think that's it on the comment side for now thank you to everyone who continues to write in on the youtube channel i'm gonna respond to some right after we record this and thank you to everyone who's been writing into dornology at gmail.com uh but with that said tom let's dive in to our week of Persona 5 Royal. Or the Yay. two days. Uh, this, yeah, two days. <laughs> this is, of course, February 14th through February 20th, a.k.a. February 14th, the day of love, and February 15th, the day of chocolate. And uh, we're going to, you know, go over these days. I, I don't think we need to, you know, belabor the point too much. Uh, and I have some insight here for for a little bit of that, but let's okay. talk about Valentine's Day. Yeah, let's start off with Valentine's Day, which, of course, uh, is dependent, I believe, if you're dating someone. If you're not, I don't really know what happens. Uh, I actually don't either. So, I, I, th- I think you just hang out. <laughs> maybe you have, like, a, a, a since the game is, unfortunately, with the romance, is only gender-specific and only focuses on the, on the women for Joker to date, maybe you just have a, a boys' night? Let me let me let me look it up. You you okay. keep going. So anyway, um, February fourteenth. Essentially, you're working with Sojiro for the day. It's just one of those like oh, tough days, getting through the grind of the cafe. It makes me sort of like wistful for the idea of working at a quiet cafe, even though I have worked in food service and no people can be a nightmare, so it's a trade off. Um, but uh, customer wise, people can be very grumpy. But anyway, you you're you're having this day with sojiro working with him he realizes it was it's valentine's day all of a sudden uh and he basically asks you if you're going to be doing anything and then coincidentally your date walks in uh and as i i wrote down makoto walks in and the music gets sexy with like 12 x's because <laughs> it starts to get a little like smooth jazzy i think um, and you have a cute date scene with, with, uh, whoever you're dating again, if you're dating someone, um, Tom, have you found anything on the non dating side? 
Uh, no, I haven't really. Okay. Interesting. Well, if anyone out there who's been playing didn't date anyone, um, let us know. Also, I guess if you dated Sumire, let us know. Uh, in case I did that anything. last time. Okay, you did. Does anything like is it just sort of a, a normal cute date scene or? Yeah, there... it's just a date. It's it's the same thing, right? All these are. I think all of these dates are very similar, where it's like you're hanging out in the coffee shop, just sort of talking. Yeah. Um, and then they give you chocolate, but there was some cute little specific things for Haru, at least. Yeah. I, I don't know about for Makoto. Yeah. Um, a Haru said that she made the chocolate she gives you herself. Oh, I don't know Which is, if Makoto says that. But. Yeah, she says she made it from scratch, and then you can ask and be like, did you grow the beans? And she was like, well, no, I didn't start that early, but maybe <laughs> next year. And it's, like, really cute. That's adorable. Um, And then also in the Haru scene, the part of the conversation is that she talks about how um, she got a job offer at Okumura, basically to work there as an employee and how she still wants to do her little cafe. But, um, you know, she wants to start as an employee and get experience and learn like that, which is funny as the, you know, primary shareholder in the entire company or whatever, but also she is still just a high school student. And I, I appreciated this scene because I thought it was just going to be like, cutesy dating scene but it actually does give you like you're rewarded for quote-unquote going deeper on the relationship with the person you chose with a little bit more story and a little bit more of a continuation of their story arc than you wouldn't have um than you wouldn't have gotten otherwise are you laughing because i said going deeper i meant emotionally jonathan i know uh anyway yeah i on the same uh end of that uh did get chocolate i believe it was chocolate from makoto though it is uh, funny i wrote down in my notes i'm like why am i getting an sp item from her now <laughs> and, yeah. and that will obviously and continue i think for the record i think the reason you get all these because you get some items at the end of the game too otherwise and i believe all the items you get carry over to new game, new plus, game plus is yeah. the is the reason that they work and so or the reason you get them which is cute but yeah it's, it's one of those funny things where i guess like if you're not planning to play again it's like what is the point of this but <laughs> yeah. yeah on the makoto side of things and definitely if other people were yeah not just on the non-dating side but if you dated other people than we did obviously i know a couple people in the comments dated on um for Makoto, it was her, you know, talking a little bit about like, wow, are we like actually in the real world now? Because you know, obviously yeah. they're they're romantic and and just went through living in a non-real world. Um, but she talks about how she's going to apply to law school uh, and still wants to become a police commissioner, um, and uh, you know, is is kind of focused on that journey. So I do think whoever you're you're speaking with, you do get a little bit about like what they're looking ahead to further. I know that Makoto very much. I, I assume Haruto is kind of like within these two days we kind of look at the fact of and and earlier of just like having to leave and knowing that this will be long distance for a little bit right potentially is is like a frustration point for them but they try not to dwell on it too much Mm -hmm. um that comes up here a little bit i my biggest note from today this was makoto comes in and the two of you are like sitting next to each other uh in a booth uh your your day comes in you're sitting next to each other and i was just like why is joker still wearing his apron from work like dude take that (laughs) off that doesn't need to be part of the date. Um, unless it's their thing, then I guess, you know, go for it. But uh, he still had other clothes on. So that's all I'm saying. The apron. Wow. Seemed, I'm just saying the apron seemed unnecessary for any purpose, unless they're doing like a he's the the owner of the cafe. And she's like, are they doing some sort of thing there? I don't know. Anyway, 
That was what I thought about for most of this scene. was like, why is he wearing the apron? Why is the apron there? That was what I cared about mostly. This uh, this conversation went went places I was not expecting. That's fine. It's perfect conversations for us to have on a Sunday morning. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah. It's it's a cute scene. Again, it's one of those things where like it's more of a reward I think for having decided to date someone in the game and and to see a little bit more of those relationships grow and and have an idea of where these characters exist beyond the story. Um, you know, in terms of where their their uh, careers may go. But yeah. It, for both of us, it sounds career-oriented. I would not be shocked if Ons is related to modeling. Um, well, the other thing is, it occurs to me now that Haru and Makoto are the two that are graduating, right? True, yeah. So they're looking forward because they're almost done with high school, yeah. whereas the other the other uh, high school-aged ladies you could date uh, would still be in high school, so I'm not sure what they would talk about. I really like if you're dating an adult and one of them is like, yeah, I'm thinking of starting a new career. It's like, okay, come on. <laughs> come on now. Um, like, what do you and Chahaya talk about? Oh, God. I, I just don't I see dated Chahaya. I dated Chahaya in the base game. Oh. It was a mistake. <laughs> I was dating, I was choosing between, this is a, this is a fun story. I was yeah. choosing between Hifumi and Chahaya. And I should have just stuck with my guns and gone Hifumi. Mm-hmm. Um, because Chahaya does this thing that's, like, very off-putting. Uh, that relationship is gets really weird really quick. Oh. So she's, like, very, like, sweet and, you know, normal sort of, like, wanting to date you at first. And then, like, it flips 180 degrees instantly where the moment you're dating her i think it might even if it's not in your rank 10 scene it is in the first scene that you get with her right after that of like the first like dating sort of scene but i think it's in the rank 10 one is she literally says to you like by the way i saw you looking at that girl while we were out the other day what does that mean and it's like she gets jealous angry oh immediately oh, and boy. it's like incredibly uncomfortable right away oh man um she should maybe have a few sessions with maruki then uh that it's sounds like, like a problem it, yeah it genuinely goes from like zero to 60 very quickly in terms of like whoa this is not the person i thought i was about to get into a relationship with i mean to be fair it is Fun, I guess, in the idea that they do make some of the relationships feel very different from each other. But, oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm that's not... definitely like a pull the rug out from underneath you of, yeah. It, I, I just was, uh, it was not what I was expecting from her uh, personality. Let's sure. put it that way. Yeah, and you should have de- definitely just shogod with Hifumi. Shogid? Shogod. Oh, I get it. Yeah. I, okay, cool. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on to February 15th. Uh uh yes he, please here is the day where you sort of do mini dates with all of the people you're not dating yeah so this is, to, yeah this is what i wanted to provide context on um in japan this yes. is a 100 percent a cultural thing totally so yeah. uh, it compared to the states or, or potentially the west i don't know how valentine's day is handled outside of the u.s but in the u.s traditionally again this is all very you know traditional definitions of this Usually we expect guys to give girls gifts and uh, 
chocolates or whatever. That's like the the normal gender role sort of thing. Yeah. I will say the only difference that I had at least growing up was like during elementary school age, we kind it, of would get Valentines for everyone in the class. Yeah, like you would get small everyone, things for everyone. But yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's right. Yeah. Um in Japan, Valentine's Day is generally again, all this is all very like stereotypical traditional gender role how it's defined. Um generally in Japan Valentine's Day is a day for women to give men Interesting. chocolate. And okay. you give, like, fancy chocolates to the person you like and, like, cheaper chocolates or, like, normal chocolates to platonic relationships and friends just as, like, a sign of respect and that you like them. Not as, like, like them, like them, like them, but just as, like, that's just, like, a normal thing is that the girls will give the guys chocolates, their friends chocolates. Um, and then... On White Day, which is something we'll get to in about a month in the game, which is March 14th, so a month later, is an opportunity for the guys that got chocolate gifts from their girlfriends to give chocolate gifts back okay. as, like, a platonic thing. That's nice. Uh, so so that is that is the cultural sort of relevance here. Okay. If you don't have that context, going into February 15th in this game is just a parade of the girls in the game giving you chocolate and being like, hey, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. We're just friends. And then like moving on to the next one. Yeah. <laughs> it can be, it's like very, and this is a Royal edition, I believe. And it's I don't sort remember of, it in the base game. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of funny. It, yeah. It's, it's really funny how, um, how much they hammer home that this isn't a big deal. This is totally casual. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I would wonder how much they play it up in the English translation versus whatever the original Japanese text mm. translates to, if only because it is not normal for, at least in in my, you know, experience, American culture to do that. So maybe they're hammering it home to be like, this isn't weird. We do mean this. It's not like suddenly right. you're dating everyone. Um, but it is a cultural thing that still should happen here in this context. So. That's right. why it's happening. Yeah. But yeah. So all, you get all these little scenes, right, where you're going to all these different locations throughout the day and <laughs> seeing all the girls that you know, and they give you chocolate, and it's very, very cute. And it's all New Game Plus related items again. Like, these are right. all items you wouldn't be able to use. Any, or will you? You'll find out soon. Who knows? The final boss is coming. Um, this, is, if- this is also the day mm-hmm. where if you're dating multiple people, uh, oh, you get your comeuppance. Yeah. yeah. Did this happen so, for you? Was No. Okay, it happened. I've only ever looked this up. Oh, oh. It happened to a friend of mine who who listens to the show. I, I hope I'm not putting them on blast. They told me what happens with that, yeah. basically, yeah. So if you, if you are dating multiple people, what happens is Sai shows up in the morning and gives you a chocolate because she can't be dated, so you still always get a chocolate from her. My headcanon, though, with her was, since I was dating Makoto, is that she's coming over to be like, stay away from my sister. <laughs> Just kidding. Here's chocolate from me also. <laughs> and then what happens is all the people, all the dating relationship possibilities that you didn't have a Valentine's Day date with show up and yell at you and beat the crap out of you and then leave. And if you do that with, if you're dating every single option in the game, literally a mob of like a dozen women will just come into the cafe, yell at you incessantly, and then beat the crap out of you and leave, which frankly, at that point, Joker deserves. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's real funny. That's oh my god. Yeah, I yeah. don't think I dated multiple people in my base P five playthrough either, so it didn't. I never saw that. But yeah, that is a very funny. I could see that especially being a problem for most people because of the way they push the Sumire relationship. Mm. Um, so a lot of people may just do that because it it does feel like the thing you're supposed to do, even if you're dating someone else. Yeah, um, that's really funny. So yeah, I guess that that happens, and I assume they don't give you items also. <laughs> yeah, it, there, there's a there's a little line that's like they took their chocolate with them or something like that because they all show nice. up with gifts. They all show up with individually wrapped presents. <laughs> oh, that's so crushing. <laughs> and then they leave. Uh. So the only way to get chocolate from everyone is to only date one person, okay. or I guess maybe date no one. Um, then you'll get all the little friend chocolates. Because presumably, does does it happen with everyone or just everyone you've maxed out? Uh, I don't know, actually. Okay. I don't know if it's... I, I assume it's maxed out. Because, yeah, not. I have written down, Sai comes to the cafe, Oya shows up at the train station, An is at school, Sumire mm-hmm. before you get to class. Ah, Makoto before Sumire. Okay, there we go. Yes. Uh, then it's Haru after Sumire. Ah, <laughs> Haru in the go. hallway. Uh, Hifumi outside of school. Hifumi who does not go to that school and has no reason to show up at your school. How'd she get there so quickly? It's a great question. Uh, Chahaya, excuse me, at the train. Chahaya comes to the train station again as well. Uh, Sojiro then leaves uh, us to watch the shop, and then Kawakami comes in to bring chocolate, and then Futaba came to give me chocolate. And that's Takemi before Kawakami, too. Oh, I don't think I saw Takemi for some reason. Did you not max Takemi? I thought I did, but maybe not. Huh. Huh. Well, or I just didn't write it down. That is also very possible. Probably that one. <laughs> it was a string of like 12 people giving me chocolate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you got a lot of chocolate. You're not going to use those items on that playthrough. So, you know, nope. uh, I but guess I like that. I like, no, yeah. I like that this end sequence stuff. Cause there's a little bit more of this too, as I said. And I, I appreciate that a lot of the like maxing out or dating someone or, you know, as we get forward, like other little gifts that you get results in benefits for the next run, I think yeah. is, is cute, right? I'm not going to go into a new game plus, but it's definitely a game that I have replayed. Yeah. And the idea that my actions in the first playthrough benefit my second one is really cool. Yeah. And especially what I like about it is I don't think like, it doesn't take away from this denouement section. Like you're not, losing out on anything because it's not like there is going to be a, a whole new palace for you to explore here so it is just absolutely a benefit that if you decide to play again here is something to help you get your your feet off the ground um yeah which you know may, maybe i'll do it before we do persona 4 golden who knows maybe i'll just do a persona 5 royal run again on new game plus and listen to our show that would be not <laughs> fun for my brain uh but that's pretty much <laughs> this week February fifteenth yeah. and sixteenth, uh, or fourteenth and fifteenth, excuse me, sixteenth through the twentieth, all skipped. Uh, we're, we skip pretty much through till March, just for yeah, reference. March second. So, yeah. So all of next week, we don't have anything, but we do for the show. We are planning to have some some fun little extra stuff. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, so there it's will not going to be just like nothing. Yeah. I will. Uh, I forget who told. I think it might have been my girlfriend. I think she joked that we should just sit in silence for the hour and just put that up <laughs> and just see. I was like, I could just put up an hour of nothing and probably save us the time. But yeah, Um, it's our most listened to episode yet. 
because uh, people keep waiting. Where's the reveal? Where's the moment? And then it never comes. Anyway, even though those dates are, are going to be passed over, like Tom said, we'll, we'll have some fun stuff to do. And then we'll continue to cover the end game as it happens throughout March. Again, play this bit at the pace that you want to. We will cover it in the calendar that we have binded our souls to and must adhere to at all times. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Before we leave, though, this week, let's uh, briefly jump in to talk about Haru's storyline. Um, yeah. And, and Confidant line, because we wanted to make sure we're covering the party confidants for sure before we finish up uh, this one. And Tom, especially as you you chose to uh, romance Haru with this playthrough, I just wanted your general thoughts on the, the Haru uh, chain. And obviously we can go into specific story beats, but. Haru is a funny one because the first time you play through, she's introduced so late. And is so sort of um, different to a certain extent in how you meet her and the the kind of consequences around her and your party is already so big that it's really easy to just like not care <laughs> the first time through. But Haru is one of those confidants that in kind of analyzing her confidant line and her story, I've come to really appreciate a lot um, because her story is essentially about you know, it's her struggling with what does she want after out of life after her, you know, her father passed. And also, like, now she has all this responsibility of the company and there's all this pressure and all these people want different things from her as a person in position of power and with, with all this wealth. And so it's this really complicated sort of storyline of Haru being intimidated and sort of uh put off by all of this stuff not knowing how to handle it into learning how to trust people but also learning how to trust herself right she starts off in this place of not trusting anyone and comes to a place of knowing she has to be cautious but also knowing that she needs to trust some people in order to you know, do anything or make any progress. There's a lot of, like, spinning her wheels in the beginning of this Confidant line. Um, also, just the veggie growing is great. It's just great. It's I wish a it was really... A little, I wish it was, like, a little more convenient. Yeah. But it's great. Yeah, it's a really handy thing. It's, I think, unfortunately built in sort of the framework of the way conversations happen in this game because, it. yeah, you do have to go through, like, five different prompts, essentially, to pick up and then replant new things it would be nice if there was just like a pickup plants would you like to plant more sure go ahead because why wouldn't you but yeah um yeah on the whole like speaking to just what you were saying from the very top i very much was that person of like haru came in and i was like it's late in the game man i like who i like already in this group i like the combat of certain people in this group psychokinesis is good but Joker had an ability from a persona. And so I was like, yeah. I don't need her at this point. Um, and, and so I never really got to grow or care about Haru. Um, and I'm so glad that we did this playthrough. I think for her benefit in terms of the main group, I think she's the character for me who rose the most in my like favorites and my um, appreciation of their characterization, because I do think there is so much going on there. Um that if you're willing to spend the time, if you're willing to focus in on there, there is a really great character there and a really complex and emotional character um, that I totally did not give the time of day the first time around. And that's, that's on me to a certain extent for sure. I agree with you. I do think her entrance into the game comes at a weird time. And I do think it causes some of that ease of kind of pushing her off. But um, <clears throat> I think if you do go down that path, it's a really, really great story of, of someone who, 
is going through a lot, especially like I, I, I did tend to not really think about that in the first game. It's like, I guess you have Futaba on one end who lost their mother, obviously, and was dealing with that in their, uh, their palace. But then you have Haru who is effectively helping to end her father. Like, obviously they don't intend for him to die, but right. yeah, it's, it's really great across the board. And I think I'm glad the most from this confidant line. Um, yeah, and it's also a confidant story that is kind of layered with metaphor in a way a lot of the other ones aren't. There's a lot of, like, there's a little bit of subtlety going on with, like, there's a line, I think it's in her second one. So you help her, helping her plant veggies, yeah. including coffee beans. Um, it's just, go, to, go just to say, like, to go hand in hand with something you were talking about earlier. Like, she has these, obviously she is working for uh, Okumura Foods and and has this big sake now with her father's passing, but she has these designs of... She just genuinely enjoys making food that can make other people happy and wants her own little cafe. She wants to be able to deliver that sort of through her own personal means rather than this big conglomerate. But yeah, it starts off with her um, kind of trying to get a little bit of uh, expertise from Sojuro. <laughs> right. Yeah, she brings her her veggies to Sojiro to try, and th- one of the through lines is like the the stuff that she makes, the coffee she makes later in the Confident Line, the veggies she makes now are never like very good. Yeah, but people can sort of taste the effort that went into them, which is a thing that's missing from Okumura Foods as a whole. Right? Is like it's just all manufactured, go 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 go, and you, you don't really they worry about the profits, not the the product and the people that are making them and yeah. haru stands in contrast to that of like it's harder work to make something tastier by hand but you know you can you can taste the passion beyond that yeah um this metaphor with coffee too where she talks about how she never liked coffee because she thought it was just bitter and she couldn't appreciate the flavor of it and then she tried it enough that she was able to appreciate the the undertones of it and the the richness and the flavor beyond just the bitterness and that's a perfect metaphor that sets up her whole sort of experience with okumura foods and the people at it right Mm -hmm. of she's very off put by this experience of talking to these executives and who the experience of trying to run this business and by the end of it she sort of understands that the things that she was finding unappealing were actually had some complexity to them. And there's parts of it that she can really appreciate and she ends up enjoying it more. And like, I really like that metaphor. The food and the coffee metaphor with Haru works really well with her character arc as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just to give some specifics of that, as you, you you started off mentioning, uh, it begins with her trying to figure out if she can, make these better foods for people to eat. And so she, she has Sojiro try them at first and she's uh, worried that she can't really trust anyone at the company to help her on this sort of personal journey. Uh, and that further extends into, um, you know, both two and three for sure, where like two, we, uh, she talks about sort of like rumors that uh, it's Takakura was happy about her dad's death. Essentially there were people who saw that as a power opportunity to like shift hands and to take over the company. Um, right. and that's something she's having to deal with as a child who now also has essentially their shares and responsibility of this. Um, she's talking about her terrible fiance there and how essentially like the marriage was essentially for the good of the business. Um, it, I think it would bring two kind of companies together was sort of the goal. 
correctly? Uh, or... Yes and no. It was like I I think he was just sort of like grubby, like money grubby, and yeah. like it might have been like political or something like that. It was definitely like a you're being sold off to benefit the company. I just yeah. don't remember the exact specifics of it. No, that's fair. Yeah. Um, and then, so yeah, we got a little bit and more. that dude sucks. The, the fiance? Yeah. Oh, he's so, he, from like minute one when like the group meets him and he, yeah. he goes from being abusive to her to the group showing up and being like, uh, nothing's wrong. Nothing. It's all fine. Like he, he's so bad at lying. It's just so obvious. He's a terrible human being. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do a good job of making you hate that dude. Uh, he, he, like, quickly. is pressuring her to move in with her and, like, get an early wedding and, like, it's, like, hanging, holding this, like, you gotta do it because of the contract yep. thing over her head the entire time. Yeah, and, and that sort of continues through as, like, the pressure of these things uh, as she's continuing to research coffee roasting and things of that nature. Um, she even talks about how the company used to be a beloved cafe that her grandfather uh, sort of made. Uh, yeah. and, and naturally then here, of course, we get more of that f- the terrible fiance bringing that up. So yeah, we, we continue to get, I think like the biggest things for me are like the problems with the, the company, the problems with her family, and then the problems with this fiance all kind of coming to a head. Um, we learn later on that Takakura wants to make a chain of low cost cafes, essentially undermining the idea of what she's going for. Where, as you said earlier, Tom, like just make manufacturing this stuff and putting it out to the masses to make profit rather than making something, a product that they care about and that the comp- that the, uh, excuse me, the customers can tell that they care about is, is a big yeah. thing for her. Um, you know, continuing to go through gardening and all of that stuff. Uh, and then we sort of get a surprise toward the end where, uh, Takakura may not be the most terrible guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, he's given the coffee, um, and it turns out that he, like, had this fondness for the original cafe that, uh, Okumura Foods once was. He kind of supports her. It's kind of like, yeah, the fiancé contract thing, like, you don't need to worry about that. It's, it's sort of one of those, like, oh, okay. Um. Yeah, he, he says the very clear thing of, like, well, have you seen the contract? And she's like, no. Yeah. And he's like, well, not, I've never heard of it. Yeah. So it probably just doesn't exist, which is, like, a little bit of a deus ex machina, but it also is very in line with this terrible fiancé being terrible. Exactly. It sounds almost like there was a sort of verbal contract, I guess, if you want to say that, which I don't know how legally that would stand in this case, because one <laughs> of the parties is presumably dead with Okumura. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of like, you're not, also it's a marriage thing, so it's like you're not really indebted as far as anyone knows to do this. So let's just get rid of the crappy dude. And we can. Yeah. Um, And obviously you at rank nine get to choose to date her. If you're like me, you apparently tell her no on her birthday and are a terrible human being. Or if you're Tom, you say yes. Yeah. And I do. You're pretty bad. I am. I'm a horrible human being. And because especially I do agree with you. I think she is the one who you most clearly see the like, the excitement to be like the nerves and jitteriness of putting this out there. And also the like crushing defeat. If you say no, like there is a clear man, she really had feelings for you sort of thing. And not that some of the others don't like, I do think Makoto in, in the dating storyline that I've seen does have feelings for you. And I think that's conveyed well. And she's also just not that emotionally out of a person. Like she doesn't wear her heart on her sleeve quite as much, but um, yeah, the horror scene is really crushing. If you say no. Yeah, it's, uh, you can, you can, it's like that moment from The Simpsons, 
where you can just like pinpoint the moment where her heart breaks. Oh right? yeah. Um, <laughs> it's rough. Anyway. Yeah. I thought you were just going to leave it as like that moment from the Simpsons and be like, yeah, you know, that one moment, that one, they only had like three moments. So that makes sense. Um, yeah. And then essentially, um, we get this sort of revol- re- resolution of her wanting to open her cafe in the future. Um, kind of understanding that like putting her feelings out there, learning to trust people is important, learning to trust the right people, learning to be able to let go of the crappy people, all of this sort of stuff of like coming into her own, especially without having her father in her life uh, are, are some of the lessons that get taken away. Obviously I assume there's a little more nuance to it if you're dating her as well, but yeah. Yeah, a little bit, but it, it is really a story of her learning to speak up right to to find her voice again after being sort of in this horrible situation where everyone just sort of made decisions for her and she couldn't choose um anything in her life so it's 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 her finding her voice and then also i think it's really important that it's like her learning to trust herself and others yeah because she needs to do both she needs to be able to say like this is what i want but also I need to know who I can trust or else nothing will get done and nothing will ever change. There's a moment in when you're having lunch at Big Bang Burger with her in, in the, I think, fifth rank. Yeah. Um, which is such a power move because she owns the company. And uh, she says something along the lines like about how she needs to find the truth because some people are saying Takakura uh, was glad her father died and the other people are saying that, you know, he was very sad and she doesn't know who to trust and you have a line as joker where you can just be like well someone is telling the truth Mm -hmm. right and that's like a moment for her where she's like oh like right i was trusting nobody but like there it's not like everyone is against me like somebody out there i can learn from and i can put my faith in and uh, yeah i i just really like the the sort of the arc she goes along because it's like a really terrible, heavy thing she's going through and yeah. just came out of. And yeah. Yeah, I think it's very important context to remember that also all of this is happening after the fallout of her father, you know, dying yeah. under mysterious circumstances that she originally thinks could have been caused by the group she just learned to trust. As you were saying, like, trust is a very big part of her and, and her storyline because of that moment as well, where she does have that occasional worry oh, did the group that told me everything was going to go okay lie to me? Um, right. And that's a, a, a bad basis to potentially start things out on if that were the case. And so, yeah, I, I'm i really glad I took the time to uh, go through the full confidant rank with her. I definitely did not do that the first time around. Growing those veggies is obviously great as well. Um, getting those veggies more quickly as well and bigger yields of them. They're super powerful items, um, you know, kind of one-time use things to double attacks or, or uh, double magic attacks or uh, block attacks as well. Um, they're really, really great and really helpful, especially in the late game when you don't have life wall, but then you get life wall <laughs> and then everything's meaningless. Yeah. I think it's two of the items are doubling attacks and then two of them are, are SP heal. Like, oh, that's like what full, it is. Yes. Full yeah, SP. Yeah. And like, I always went with the doubling attacks before. And then in the second half, like the third semester, the last kind of part of the game, I would always go with the SP full items. Cause yeah. you just need to fully heal some people or fully yeah. SP some people you sometimes. Ba- you basically need to give them back to Haru. She's growing them so that she can <laughs> yeah. eat them so she can keep casting life wall on you is essentially yeah. the cycle of, of vegetation here. I, seriously, I got life wall down to like, it would only cost me like 20 something SP oh, because damn. I had 
Spellmaster on her in a catchy out, and it that's was real good. It's lovely. That's it was lovely. That's amazing. Um, well, yeah, that's that's Haru's sort of confidant line in a nutshell. Um, I'm again really glad that I I experienced this one. I hope you did as well. If you if you saw this one on your playthrough if this is your first playthrough and you happen to have skipped it because it was late in the game like i did my first time around if you ever get around to p5 again i do recommend spending more time with haru because i do really think it's worth it and i'm really really impressed by the character work that's there and also a little bummed that it comes so late in the game but um i imagine more people finish her line in royal right because she is introduced so late in the base game that having those extra days in this is is probably pretty valuable towards that especially if you are i assume like us someone who focuses on the party more than ancillary characters because right. they can be so helpful hopefully this extra month did give you time to hang out with haru as well but yeah uh that's sort of our our focus on haru's confidant line uh let us know if there are any confidant lines that we haven't covered that you want us to touch on in the next few weeks just as we wrap up i do think there's you know some what, side ones you know what this means what uh in terms of next week too is yeah now we got to rank the party members. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should. Pre- that's people have been asking for that. People have been ranking for, asking for rankings of party members and palaces. True. Which are both thing. I think things. I think we can do in some of these dead weeks. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Let's uh, let's try to make that happen. And we'll. It's gonna be tough and contentious. We have to. I think we'll come with our own lists and then create a combined list. Yeah. Hopefully that they're different sense. enough. Otherwise, it's going to be a very quick conversation. <laughs> um, anyway, from there... Well, we before... both know what number one is. We have to disqualify a catchy or catchy is just going to be number one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, number one. Uh, are we doing party members or confidants? Uh, we'll figure it out. Okay, fair enough. Both. Um, yes. <laughs> perfect. Before we wrap up, uh, Tom, what's your pop quiz question for the week? Okay. So I actually... This is funny because I've been struggling with trying to find things yeah or i was worried i was gonna struggle and this week it came to me perfectly okay on february 15th mm-hmm. you're given lots of chocolates from all of the the lady confidants in your life mm-hmm. however one of them gives you a second gift so the question this week is what is the other thing you are given on February 15th, and who gives it to you? I bet you're really happy I didn't mess this one up for you. Don't make a sex joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess it's good that I didn't accidentally say that during this, because there probably wouldn't have been many alternative questions for the week. Yeah. And this is, uh, this does assume some things about who you did or didn't date and all that, but this is not including the theoretical, like, you're dating multiple people and you're gotcha. given a knuckle sandwich. That's not the, that's not what I'm going for here. This is something where if you, you know, I mean, obviously one of them uh-huh. you would have dated. If you dated this person, then you wouldn't have gotten the other thing from them. Okay. But yeah. Okay. On February 15th. Cool. Let's see. Uh, well then just to leave you, uh, I'm dipping back into the well and it's possibly someone, a person I've done before, but it's old now. So that's why I want to do this to mess with you. But I thought oh, I'd start God. with maybe an easy one. We'll see. Who's the Cavern Snake Man, my friend? Cavern Snake Man? Yeah, who's the Cavern Snake Man? Cavern? Cavern. I'm not misreading this word. I've looked at it several times just to be sure. I have no idea, so I'm just going to guess the one that I know a name of a snake person. Is it Raja Naga? <laughs> it is Naga. 
It just says Naga on the page. So I think you're right. Wait, what? <laughs> on the on the wiki page that I'm on, it just says Naga. So I think you got it right. Thomas. Is Naga different than P5? Maybe. It, is Naga and Rajanaga two different things? Tom is looking this up as we finish the show. And while he does that, I'll continue to do sort of our, our uh, exit chat, which is thank you so much. Nah, for they're two different things. Oh, well, you got it accidentally right, I guess. Um, well, Naga, the cavern snake man, who I believe I picked from which early. Yeah, pretty early. Uh, Futaba's oh, man. Yeah. Raja Naga versus Naga. That's a bummer. Yeah, Raja Naga is the gold kind of version of the snake guy. Oh, okay, okay. Well, you know, we'll see who I pick next week to screw with you. But uh, <laughs> that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode of Take Your Time. Tom, thank you so much as always for joining me for this wonderful always pleasure. wonderful journey that we're on and almost coming to an end to, but have some fun before we do. Uh, remember, if you enjoy this show, please continue to like and subscribe and give the stars and, and leave a, a comment or a review. We appreciate those and obviously it helps out. And as we said, we're going to do some fun stuff after Royal ends and, and not, you know, take your time as a thing is not ending completely. So don't look at that. Uh, as what's happening, even though we're not jumping into P4 Golden immediately. But we just continue to want to hang out and celebrate these games that we love with other Persona fans. Uh, of course, if you're enjoying the show otherwise, you can also find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash Dornology if you want the video version of just Tom and myself making goofy faces for an hour. Um, you can also subscribe there to get new episodes when they drop every Monday, uh, as well as uh, tweet at us. I'm at JM Dornbush. Tom is at Tom R. Marks. And you can write into Dornology at gmail.com with any questions or thoughts. Uh, but yeah, that's going to wrap us up for this week. Tom, thank you, as always. Any parting words for the audience before we go and Morgana tells us to go to sleep? Nah. To steal ya. <laughs> <laughs>